It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here as well. Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, crew. Good morning, everybody who uh, woke up early with us. Yes. Uh, Sean's awake, which is good. Uh, that's always a, always a good start to our show uh, <laughs> this, on, on these morning shows. You know, uh, there will be uh, no studio storming here, at least at least we hope. Uh, no, it, it, don't get any, any ideas, folks. Uh, but uh, we, we have a lot to get to today. Obviously, these scheduling lopsided schedules is a better way to put it, I would say, where we have 100 yesterday. Now we have a small slate today, but we have the one good thing about today is we have a few games at the top of the sh- at, uh, at the top of the hour that are good important games in college hoops. Also, a good NBA card as well, and you will have a hockey play that you'll have to wait for uh, here on the show uh, today. They uh, that Keystone State battle. That's right. A city that Frank Nicotero is not allowed to say on punchlines. We can say Pittsburgh though. It's okay, Flyers and Penguins. He's regretting uh, that decision, by the by know, the way, I, giving I, I that could, up for Lent. Alex. <laughs> It was a minus 100,000 favorite that he was going to regret that. I will just say really quick, because on his last show, he said he thought he was going to end up owing about $10 at the end. That means he would have said it twice in 40 days. No way. <laughs> He's already up to 40, I believe. For a man who likes over... 70, for, woo! Wait, 70? Is it $5 per saying or $1 per saying? So he said it 70 times. No. Oh, seven times. 14. 14 times. So he's up to seven. <laughs> okay. See, I needed more coffee this morning or more caffeine this morning. So he's up to $70. Yes. That's what it is. Okay. Yes. And I for mean, those of you that don't know, follow Punchlines 12 to 1 thank uh, you. Monday yep. through Friday. And Frank Nicotero gave up saying Pittsburgh for less. And he did not, though, because he said it 14 <laughs> times. Ryan, on the other hand, has been very disappointed not discussing the Bears quarterback uh, quarterback uh, situation which in all honesty i wish he had run by us because i would have suggested don't do something that would hurt your content potential that's right uh i not think Pittsburgh is great content though from frank it's looking like they are not going to keep justin fields and that's what ryan wanted so i think he's happy not to talk about it oh i thought he wanted Fe- i thought he wanted to keep Fields. he does want to keep yeah, Fields, so, but it's yeah. looking like it they aren't going to okay, right yeah. no i would be shocked if they don't take care of it. yes me too see we miss football <laughs> uh, let's go to college hoops. Starting with uh, let's starting with these games that go at nine Pacific time, uh, noon on the East Coast. I was starting Piscataway, New Jersey Rutgers taking on Maryland. This is a low total, no shock. Uh, in the last thirty seconds, sorry on this one, Sean, from one twenty nine and a half to one twenty eight. So a bop on the under. Not much of a shock there. Uh, there, there is some weirdness going on in this market right now. Also on my screen, Caesars is clearly not updating because it has the color, but it still is the one thirty-two and a half that wasn't av- that was only available for about a minute and a half last. Yeah, night. I didn't see that. So, uh, so now uh, one twenty-eight on this one with Rutgers in Maryland. Uh, the total doesn't interest me, Alex. The side does. Uh, we have talked about the Big Ten and the home court advantage, seventy percent outright win percentage at home this year for. Any home team in the Big Ten, Rutgers, one of the better home courts in the conference. Yeah, they have lost multiple games at home this year, but look at who they lost to. They lost to Illinois, Purdue. Yeah, that Penn State one's not great, but the other two, the two best teams in the conference. 
Now you get Maryland, who is on the wrong side of the bubble. Weird year for Maryland, all things considered. They're 14 and 13, underachievers. These are two really good defensive teams, but I like the home Scarlet Knights here. I'll lay two very happily here with Rutgers. I don't mind it at all, but for me, I am interested in the total, and it is under, under, under. I think you still have value till about 125. So even though it's moved down a point and a half since this morning, I still like it here. The first time these two played each other, it was a very low-scoring game, 56-53. to 53. Rutgers did win that one, Jeff. Maryland is 17-10 and 10 to the under on the road. They've averaged 63 points. Rutgers 10-4 and four to the under at home, holding opponents to 60.3 points. So I know a lot of times we kind of stay away from these after that first game is so low scoring, but it's just the style of play for both of these teams. And you mentioned it, both very good defenses. So I think the only way to play this total is under. Even at 128? Even at 128. All right. Go from there. It just... Boy, I don't. I you know you know my thoughts on chasing totals. Yes, especially when we're going into. But what what's the opposite of the stratosphere? Um, so yeah, now my now I'm now I'm. Uh, I guess we're going below sea level. I guess <laughs> into the planet core on this. Uh, uh, into the mantle on uh, on uh, on this uh, on this total. Uh, but hey, look, we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, I mean, two top. There's two six. top. Yeah, Defense is in the country. Number three and number six. Right there, yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> Rutgers does, I will say this, Rutgers doesn't play as slowly as people realize, as people think. They're 150th in the country in tempo, so they're slightly above average, actually, tempo-wise. But then their offensive numbers. Maryland, very slow, 303, which is uh, bottom tier, 65 possessions a game. But again, we're talking about, you're right, number three defensive Rutgers, number six defense of Maryland. Rutgers offense is awful. They're 266th in the country and Maryland's defense, or excuse me, offense by power five plus big East standards is bad at 161. Yes. And to your point about Rutgers, they do move the ball up the court quickly on offense, but they really slow it down defensively. 18.1 seconds per uh, possession time there defensively. So I think that can really um, alter this and slow Maryland down. Let's go to the second game in the tri-state area at the top of the hour. St. John's in desperate need of a win against a real team here today against Creighton, who is coming off there really, and yes, it was an upset, but it was a thumping of Connecticut earlier in the week, winning by 19 in Middle America. Now the scene shifts over to Madison Square Garden this afternoon. Uh, since their 4-1 and one starting conference play, which started with a one-point loss in Omaha in a game where I thought St. John's should have won the game. The refs kind of kind of inched that one towards Creighton at the end with Creighton winning by one. St. John's is 3-8 and eight with their only wins coming against. They beat Villanova, completing the season sweep, and then the, the Paul Blue Demons and the Georgetown Hoyas <laughs> who played. By the way, I, 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 even though I was in jest yesterday on calling that the game of the year, Actually, quite the game yesterday in the Windy City where Georgetown won by a point. We got our over, by yes. the way, which is all that matters uh, in the end in that one. Uh, dude, on, dude on DePaul basically airballed a layup at the buzzer with a chance to win the game. It was very bad. I missed that. It was very sad. It was very sad, Alex. Not good. Yeah, not good, exactly. Uh, Creighton is three. Uh, this moved from two and a half not too long ago. Well, 150 to total. So there were a lot of factors going into this one. Desperation factor for St. John's. 
I don't know how much of an impact that really is after Patino, Patino's bizarro press conference after the loss to Seton Hall last Sunday. But this is a classic letdown spot for Creighton. Now, the one question I have with that is when you go play at Madison Square Garden. Is that where it is? Yeah. The okay. premier venue in the country for basketball. May not have you may not be flat. You may not be flat. Hey, we're going to the garden. We're yes, that's where the Big East tournament is, of course. But it's a big deal. Always play a college as a college kid. Play a road game in Madison Square Garden. With that said, I am on St. John's. I, I don't love it. I, I forget the points. I'll just take this thing out. Right, take a money line price on the Johnnies. Uh, if they're going to have any shot of sneaking in the back door, it starts today with a win. You if if you're St. John's, the problem is. They play at Butler, and then they play the Paul and Georgetown again, which doesn't help you at all. But you went out, get to the Big East final, you're going to have a shot. You're going to have a shot to steal an out-large bid. So I wanted to talk to you about this. I was outweighing the pros and cons here. I was leaning towards St. John's because of all the reasons that you said. Of course, it's a classic letdown spot for Creighton. But then, I mean, like you said about Patino and his comments, and he's just not happy with his team, and they're not gelling, right? So I don't know if I want to bet on a team that is just not playing well together right now, one and four ATS, and you just mentioned how they've done in conference the entire year. So I stayed away from this one. Um, I do think they really need this win, but like you said, Creighton will be ready because of the location, but also because they barely beat St. John's in that first one, so they know that they are a tough opponent. So, nothing for me here, but I was leaning toward the same side as you. Again, from the Big East perspective here, Creighton, again, very, very safely in the top 16 teams for me at this point. I think they're pretty clearly a three. By the way, UConn last night after a slow start just ran Villanova out of the building in the second half. Uh, just uh, one game blip. It happens all the time with the right. elite teams. In college, by the way, UConn, UConn plays a Marquette that first week of March. Of course, UConn ran Marquette basically into into the Long Island Sound uh, <laughs> in that game a few weeks ago, beating them by 28. Uh, so let's see. It's going to be an interesting last few weeks uh, of this regular season, especially with these bubble teams and these high-end teams. Uh, next, a week from yesterday is the, is the final full-blown, ridiculous 100-plus game Saturday because the smaller conferences will start their conference tournaments yep. uh, in the middle of next week or two week, or the week after this. They'll start their conference tournaments that first full week of March, which, hey, the madness is upon us. We'll uh, be here all March Madness long, uh, and we'll be, we're working on our special Mar uh, Selection Sunday content. We're still figuring that out. As soon as we know that, we'll, you'll, you all out there will be the first to know, other than us, of course. <laughs> Let's uh, go. Let's go to Rhode Island and LaSalle. Yeah, now, this is not the most intriguing game. This is at the top of the hour. Two mediocre A10 teams. LaSalle's up to four behind us here. Three and a half basically everywhere else. Total 152 and a half. So, the only reason I bring this game up. So, I have been on LaSalle a lot more than I think a lot of people would have realized because the way that I look at them, they're a little bit better than I think the market plays them. They're still not a particularly good team. Uh, Ken Palm has them in the, as 218, which is the worst, next to worst team in that conference, which I don't think is right. I don't think they're the next to worst team in that conference. Um, they give Rhode Island, average team, in Philadelphia today at the Golo Center. I, I think there's too many points. 
now that we now that this is pushed up to four, I would only take the Rhode Island Rams here. Uh, again, LaSalle is a favorite. Hasn't happened very often this year. It happened against St. Louis. St. Louis beat him by 18. Uh, it ha- also happened uh, earlier in the year against George Mason, and George Mason beat him by 15. Howard beat him by, by five. So LaSalle has been bad as a favorite at home. They've been favored at home much after the early portions of non-con, but they've not been good in these situations uh, since the turn of the calendar. And that's interesting that you bring that up because you say you bet on LaSalle, but as a dog, so right. now here fading them in this spot as a favorite. Nothing for me in this game, but I agree with you. I think that's a little aggressive with a four-point favorite here at home. They've really gone through a bad shooting stretch right now. They went 26-71, and 71, 36.6% um, in game one against Rhode Island. So I do think they may struggle. It might just be a bad matchup for them. Stay away from me. And I think that total is just right, too, at 152.5. Rhode Island beat them only by two in that game earlier in the year. Rhode Island, again, Rhode Island has been, since starting conference play, 3-0. and Rhode Island is 2-8. and and they've not looked, it has not looked pretty in that two and eight with their only wins coming against this LaSalle team and then the lowest rated team in Ken Palm in this conference, George, George Washington. Washington. That's it. Uh, it has not been a, a good go for Rhode Island, I, but I, I think it's too many points. So this is a, a heavy lean to the Rams getting the four in this one. So LaSalle really just um, took care of the ball a little bit better to stay in that one because. Rhode Island had 12 turnovers to uh, LaSalle's eight, but they were outshot and out-rebounded by Rhode Island. So, see how this goes today. To the American. The conference-leading South Florida Bulls in action today. As we all expected to say, the conference-leading South Florida Bulls, Alex White. So, looking at Ken Palm, as we, we've talked about this with South Florida, they're still... 99th. So not respected in the metrics. Really kind of just goes back to what they were earlier in the year. This team got off to a two and four start. Since then, there's a hearty 18 and one with their only loss coming in Birmingham to UAB, which was a tight loss. They only lost by four. Talked about them throughout the week, of course, last week, getting out to that gigantic league against Florida Atlantic. Thankfully, they did because they would have blown that game if they didn't, winning by four, holding on for dear life at the end. Uh, one of probably one of the, the worst spots you're going to see all year in the middle of the week. They pushed that number against UTSA at 66-61. Now, they welcome in the ponies. We talked about SMU earlier in the week. I don't think they're really near the bubble. Their metrics say they are. I don't think they are. I don't think they have enough quality wins in order to push themselves in. Their best win this season is at Florida State, which is not good enough this year to get you in. Alex, I think the wrong team is favored in this game. I actually had South Florida as a one-point favorite in this game. Getting two and a half or getting a twenty-five on the money line. I know at some point South Florida, I have to lose a basketball game at some point, but I don't think it's coming here. I think it's coming in that game against Charlotte uh, a week, a, next Saturday on March 2nd. But for today, I like the Bulls to win this thing outright. Short dogs at home, get it done again. I think um, there's definitely value there with taking the points with the dog. I made SMU more of a one-point favorite here, so I would lean to South Florida, especially for all the reasons that you said and how good South Florida has been playing. Second longest win streak in the country, 13-2 and straight up at home and 11-3 and ATS. 
They've also been playing very good defensively. In their last five games, they held teams to under 40% from the field as opposed to 46%, as you mentioned, earlier throughout the year. So, I mean, this is going to be a great game. Both are very motivated, um, one and four right now in the American. And just from, like you said, where both of these teams came from last year. So I think they're going to stay focused um, and motivated. I would definitely lean to the points here with South Florida. Yeah, again, this this there are a few teams that we've talked about this year that I don't think the metrics make much sense on. SMU, I get why they're rated 40th in Ken Palm. Torvik has them in the top 50 as well. They're top 50 in both offense and defense. I just don't think they're as good as their metrics show. Uh, and, and again, I they, on the road in conference play, they beat East Carolina, they beat Rice, they beat Tulane, lost to Memphis, lost to North Texas, lost to Wichita, lost to FAU. So, better teams have handled them away from Dallas uh, so far this year. All right, keeping it rolling in college hoops. Purdue on the road in Ann Arbor taking on Michigan. So last Sunday, of course, Purdue goes to Columbus. Ohio State pulls the stunner in the first game with the interim head coach. Now they go to Michigan. Kind of surprised there's not an interim head coach yet there uh, with how big of a nightmare this has been for the Wolverines this year. They are, they are far and away the worst team in the, in the Big Ten to me. Absolutely. Uh, it just, it, I know it, it dealt with suspensions. Juwan's been suspended for a, t- for a time. They're 8-19. They're horrible. They're, they're a bad basketball team, uh, which makes that great loss by Wisconsin to them look even better uh, recently. What happened to the Badgers? Oh, I don't man, know. Just totally, totally different ball club, even though uh, they won their last game against Maryland uh, earlier in the week. Oh, I didn't play yesterday. Very weird scheduling there. Alex, 13 and a half <laughs> enough to justify taking with the Wolverines, or you would would you... Look to lay the lumber here with Purdue in this one. You know, I really, um, I don't want to do anything, but I would lay the points with Purdue if you made me bet this one because, like you said, Michigan 0-4 straight up and ATS in their last four. They're just getting worse. I think they've kind of given up on their season. And you mentioned Purdue and that upset at Ohio State. They just had a game at home. Now this is their first road game since then. They will be focused and ready and won't let that happen again today. So I would definitely lean to uh, Purdue here. You doing anything? I can't justify laying 13 and a half on the road in conference. That's what it comes down to. Now, numbers right. I don't have a problem with it. Thought 13 was fine. Can't quibble with a 13 and a hook. It's just a matter for me with Purdue where, again, they're coming off a week where they lost to Ohio State, and then they flip around and just annihilated Rutgers on Thursday. Just crushed them. Put 96 on the third-best defense in college, college basketball. Rutgers was number one in defense going into that game, and because of what Purdue did to them, they fell two spots. <laughs> so, look, it, 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 the one thing that I will say, here are the remaining three conference games for Purdue, the regular season remaining schedule. They play Michigan State. They play at Illinois, which is going to be a gigantic one on, on the 5th of March. And then they play Wisconsin. So I just arguably may name the three, the other three best teams in yeah. the conference. So if there's ever a look ahead spot to those last three games, this is screams it. But I don't know if Michigan's a team to take advantage of. That's what it comes down to. No, and really, Purdue has been very good on the road, just like they have at home. They're nine and four against the spread. So even though they have been big favorites, they found a way to cover most of these. And 
Like I said, if they weren't just upset by Ohio State on the road, this may be a perfect look-ahead spot, but I think uh, they'll be ready for this one. Right now, Big Ten standings. Purdue is going to get the one seed. By the way, conference tournament in Minneapolis this year. So they're going to the Twin Cities for both the women's and men's conference tournaments. All tickets sold out for both of those tournaments, by the way. Caitlin Clark just continues. The, wow. the lines that you see going into those Iowa women's games are incredible to see. Uh, Purdue's going to get the one. Illinois is going to get the two, more likely to nod. And then there's this little jam with Wisconsin, Northwestern, Michigan State, Nebraska, and, and Minnesota. The only other teams over 500. How about Minnesota? What a year for the Gophers. Probably not good enough to get to the NCAA tournament. But, man, what a season for the Gophers. We'll get to them in a little bit because they're on the road uh, against the Huskers. There you go. You see it on your screen. Good work by our guy Sean back there. Uh, but here you go. That's what it looks like heading into the final two weeks of the regular season in conference play in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting, Alex. I'll just ask you this because we're getting closer to these conference tournaments coming up. Um, I don't want the day-by-day -day strategy because we'll do that when we get to those. But when you look at those future prices that will pop out, on conference tournaments do you usually hop in on those do are you a little bit cautious because oh i'm not getting the right price potentially uh but what how do you handle those because again we're getting close to those right. conference tournaments and all those futures are going to pop i think if uh, if the value's there right if we really think a team has a chance to make a run i'll jump in a little bit on an an underdog that i think can can come through it there's definitely no value left with purdue and some of these top teams and in the conference championship. Oh, it'd be interesting. Purdue probably is still going to lay a price yes. uh, in the Big Ten tournament. It won't be an egregious price. It'd be like probably just slightly odds on would be my guess. I don't know. Illinois, Illinois to me, I, I think the gap between Illinois and Purdue is closer than people realize, personally. Uh, again, part of the reason with Illinois that it may not look as good as that ridiculous loss they took earlier in the week to Penn State up double digits with 100 seconds to go and you lose in regulation just can't happen. On that. By the way, bravo to you, Illinois. What an amazing cover yesterday. Absolutely no business covering that game. Legitimately up double digits for a grand total of 12 seconds, and they cover the game. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it was great. Great stuff. Very much enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, total. I love the, you, know, you love the wrong side winners. You complain about the wrong side losers all right. the time. But of course. You love the, the wrong side winners, which uh, don't pop up as much as people, which pop up as much as people realize, but you don't. Don't talk about it. Right. No, you don't. Uh, on that end. All right. Uh, Florida Atlantic and Memphis is up next. Here are the Owls who, again, they're safely in the NCAA tournament. It's been a weird conference slate for them this year. Uh, it's just underachieving. They're taking everyone's best shot. They haven't handled it particularly well. Now, we have to say that because they're still 11-3 <laughs> and three in conference. They're still fine. They're still probably going to be a, a 7 or an 8 seed in the NCAA tournament, which uh, if you're a 1 seed, you don't want to see them on that 8 line for sure. Uh, but that's where they are right now, according to most bracketologists. They take on Memphis. We've talked about the Tigers all year long. Thought they were a pretty solid NCAA tournament team going into conference play, and they have been a monster disappointment in AAC play. 19-8 uh, and eight overall, 8-6 eight and six in conference. They finally looked like the Memphis I thought they would be with a blasting of Charlotte earlier in the week, beating them by 24. Now, game at FedEx Forum in Memphis. FAU's a one-and-a-half-point road favorite in this game. Total's 161. I can't do anything here on the side. But if you wanted to go over with this total, I don't mind it. Because as we know, Florida Atlantic will play whatever style the opponent wants to play. 
And Memphis, part of the reason Memphis was so good last year, remember, yep. these two teams played the NCAA tournament last year, as we yes. remember, in that w- ridiculous game where Memphis totally blew it in the last minute, and then FAU took advantage and made it all the way to the Final Four and almost had a national title game when it was all said and done. Uh, but I like this total over, Alex. I'm not, I, I, I just think when you're dealing with a team like FAU that will morph to what the opponent wants to do, now, yes, I know it's not the best of the number. I know 159 and a half was out there for a while, uh, but I still think at 160, which there are some 160s out there, I think you can still go over that. I love it. I love the over here, and I agree with you. I think that number, maybe 161, that's probably my um, stopping point here for this over. But you're right. Memphis likes to play fast. Florida Atlantic will run with them. And, I mean, you just talked about what we saw from Memphis against Charlotte putting 76 points, but Charlotte only scored 52. That one did go under, but Memphis's four games before that all went over. Then on FAU side, averaging 83.3 points a game. One thing about this team, Jeff, and you talked about nobody's going to want to face them early on in the tournament. They've been very consistent on the road and at home. And I just brought up that number. That's their average total points in all games, 83.3. And it's the same on the road. They're 10 and 5 on the road, 7 and 8, so not great against the spread there. But I think they'll be dangerous when they, if they make it to a good enough seed and have an opponent that they can handle. But for this game today, I'm with you. I love this over. Temple and Wichita State's not the most attractive game on, this, on, on the card, Alex. But this is one of those rare opportunities where you look at this and like, well, wait a second. I know Temple's not any good. Wichita State's really six and a half point favorites against anyone here. This is one of those where I, I it would be hold your nose, take the Owls on the road, getting six and a half. And your Temple is, I, look, they're two thirty nine in Ken Palm. They finally won a game again. They beat UTSA last week, uh, in, in that one between the other team in the American. UTSA is the weakest team in in Ken Palm. This is the second weakest teams to me. I know Rice and ECU technically are behind Wichita. I think those teams are better. I have so many points. It's hard to pass with Temple, so talk me out of it here. Yeah, I have no interest in this one, Jeff. Temple is 1-4 straight up, 3-2 and two ATS in their last five. On the road, 4-10 and ten and 4-8-2. and two. So they only covered in four of those 12, four, four of those 14 games. I'm sorry. So really, I don't trust them here. I agree with you, though. I think... Uh, Wichita State is still a little bit overrated, and I think that number is a little bit high, but it's probably going to fall very close to that six, so I'm just going to stay away from that one. For a program that has some pretty good history, all things considered, Temple, this is not a familiar place. They haven't been in a tournament in, in over a half decade now. It's been a while since the Owls have been there. They're definitely not going this year, I can tell you that, at 9-17 and 17 in the last place in Sean American. Sean can put up that um, American Conference standing right there. Yeah, they're, I mean, like they're they're at the bottom. If you talked about with <laughs> South Florida, they're still number one. Just visualize they're uh, they're down here. Yeah, no, they're number one in the uh, in the conference. South Florida, as we talked about earlier today, Charlotte with a bizarre loss yesterday to Tulsa in a game that they led big and then blew it. Uh, they weren't getting any out large, but could have helped themselves a little bit in yes. seeding in that conference. All right. Alex, you brought up IPFW. I made Sean put it in the system. <laughs> I brought up the Horizon League. There's the so, there's a bunch of Horizon League. Games. So IPFW's <laughs> a, a dog in Milwaukee uh, here today. Uh, Milwaukee's one. I actually so this didn't make my list, but I did consider taking Milwaukee at home. 
Uh, IPFW has just not been the same. They've been playing better of late, but they still are not the same team they were in December, which was, I thought, the, at that point, second best team in the Horizon League, and that has not panned out. Yeah, I don't have anything in this game. Milwaukee did win the first matchup 68-65, so we've got revenge here for IPFW. 9-4-1 and one against the spread on the road, so I guess I lean more to the road team here. Milwaukee... One in four in their last five, and their average has gone down tremendously. So I um I nothing for me in this one. These two are tied right at six. I just found it very interesting. Horizon, we kind of talked about it before the show. So for this conference championship, it is now the top five get a bid. And right there between five, six, and seven, we've got a um, couple teams who are fighting it out for that fifth spot so a lot of motivation in um some of these games today if you find the right spot like northern kentucky who is hosting today and then um cleveland state those are the two i was really looking at that i think are gonna play well today so real real quick here uh the only other game on on that in that conference that even has some level of intrigue at least from a potential betting perspective uh, is just because there's a line that's out of whack with Ken Palm, but that's because of an injury on the Green Bay side. The the Phoenix are second in the conference. The uh, Penguins of Youngstown State are half game behind, technically in third. I think Youngstown's the best team in a conference, even though it hasn't played outstandings-wise. Youngstown six at the Rush Center in Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay's best player is out with a concussion still. So that's why that number may not line up with some of right. those numbers that are out there. So just throwing that out there. Uh, so if you're like, hey, well, why is Green Bay six? This is Ken Palm has it one, Torvik has it two. Well, why is this the case? Big injury uh, with Reynolds out for Green Bay. All right, going to uh, this is an interesting one in the A10. Let's St. Joe's at VCU. How about that, real quick, Alex? VCU is a five point favorite at home in this one. St. Joe's has been one of the one of the more pleasant surprises in the A10 this year. Uh, right now, St. Joe's. Uh, back to 500 after a pretty nice run in the middle of the season. I thought they were going to be one of the weaker teams in the conference, and here they are around 500. VCU, you're fine. Not yeah. as good as you would, not as good as they would hope. 88th in Ken Palm, uh, coming off a loss, getting blown out in Amherst by UMass earlier in the week. Uh, this is right on the Ken Palm numbers, basically. One, a five and 141 the total here. I would actually lean to VCU laying the points at home, coming back coming back home, bouncing back after that big loss at UMass earlier in the week. I'm with you there. I actually do like this one. I think there's value here laying that five with VCU, kind of a buy low spot. They're four and one straight up and ATS in their last five, and they are nine and four against the spread in conference this year. St. Joe's has been better, as you mentioned, but not for us betters. They're 0 and five against the spread in their last five allowing an average of 77 points per game. So VCU or nothing for me in this one. All right. We're going to take a quick break here at the top of the hour. When we get back, a few more college hoops games to get to. A play from Alex White in the Keystone battle in the NHL. Maybe even a look at the National Basketball Association. Remember that? We'll discuss it <laughs> next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. From the South Point Studio. The perfect blend of sports. But I think the Niners are going to wear them down. Detroit Pistons lost their 36 games. Comedy. The over-under on that relationship lasting. I'm going to put mayo in the coffee. Yeah. I am beautiful. And a whole lot of Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Join Ryan McCormick. That's at least... 
two picks outside of our own in the first round next year. Oreo. And host, Frank Nicotero. <laughs> ah! Do I look at the clock? I... Ah! Ah! Oh! Watch Punchlines live at noon every weekday. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, Join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. Welcome back in Sports by the Book. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here as well. Underway in Piscataway. No points in the first minute and a half. So you bet that under. There you go. Nope. Client wide open three. Not even close. Yeah. Maybe a struggle to score in that game, as you uh, said there, Alex. Underway in Tampa. Bulls and ponies. Uh, big one uh, for the Mustangs of SMU. Actually, big one for both of them. I, I'm curious to see like what happens if South Florida wins out and then gets to the conference championship game and loses to FAU, which I think is a very plausible path for South Florida. At this point. You don't think they'll be in? I mean, based off the bracketologies right now, they're not close. Wow. So I, I just wonder if you basically run the table in, yes, it's not a major conference, but it's a significant enough of one where FAU, you have at least one team getting an at-large bid for sure in FAU, uh, if they weren't to win it, I'd be curious if, if South Florida won out, got to the title game in in Fort Worth, and then lost. That that would be the one interesting one that could happen. I could think of a, a few teams that I think they should be over that are bubble right now. Don't you? I mean, there's always there's always a few bubble teams that I don't think are any good. Uh, bubble results yesterday, real quick. Wake Forest, of course, beat Duke. I think Wake is safely in now. I know the bracketologists don't necessarily agree. But their metrics are so good that I would be stunned if they get left out. Agreed. Barring a collapse. Uh, Philip Kowski, of course, got hurt in the court the court storming, and everyone is mad on that on social media. Of course they are. Um, Virginia. <laughs> Virginia. Did, I know Virginia is safely in right now. For the sake of humanity, please miss the NCAA tournament. <laughs> can't be subjected to that. It wasn't basketball, what, it, what they were playing yesterday. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't basketball. North Carolina wins there for the first time since 2012. Uh, non-bubble related. Did you take it? Because you said I had it North felt Carolina. like a I took trap. I, I okay. took North Yeah. Good. I, I ended up, what I ended up doing is I ended up, I ended up taking Carolina and Kentucky together 
which ended up being fine. The mistake with that was not taking the Kentucky-Alabama over in there. I know. Which was the easiest bet of the whole day. Uh, with uh, with two with with over two hundred and twenty points in that or two hundred fifteen points yes. in that game between Kentucky uh, and uh, and and uh, Alabama, which that was the best offensive performance I've seen all year. Kentucky was unbelievable yes, in that win. They were uh, by twenty six. You score in the nineties if you're Alabama, you can just toast it. It just doesn't happen uh, very often. Uh, Ole Miss lost. I think they're in trouble. Utah lost. I think they're done. Um, Cincinnati lost. Trouble there. Uh, Gonzaga, they finally they win. Good win for Seton Hall as well. They cover all numbers. Uh, so a little bit of bubbles yeah. on that. Speaking of bubble, get to Nebraska. we'll do Nebraska right here, and then we'll flip back. Nebraska, according to Lenardi right now, is in the last four buys. I think they're I think they're fine. As long as they don't blow some of these games they're supposed to win. They take on a game Minnesota team today. This Minnesota team's pretty good. We've talked about this one of the better achievers uh, in college basketball this year. Uh, Minnesota on the year, Alex White, is now 23 and 3 against the number. Pretty good. That's very good. Pretty good. 23 and 3 against the number. <laughs> Nebraska, six and a half at home, 147. The total, I would lean to the home favorite here just because of how. Nebraska at Pinnacle Bank, as we've talked about all year long, other than that Creighton game, they have been as good of a home team as anyone in the whole country. And at six and a half, I know it's a big number, like you're going through three possessions, but I would only lay it with the Huskers in this one. Wow, after you just talked about Minnesota and 23 and three ATS, but I get what you're saying because you're right, Nebraska has been very good. They're 16 and one, only one loss at home, 13 and four against the spread in those numbers. Both teams are playing really well right now, though. This should be a good game. I don't have a play on it. I think that number is right. I would personally probably lean to the points. I think you're getting a little value there with this Minnesota team that has been covering all year. 5-0 um, and oh against the spread in their last five going into this one as well, but no strong play for me. Let's go back to Michigan State. They host Ohio State. It's 10. Feels aggressive, no? I don't, I don't know what this Ohio State team is. You said they have a lot of talent. They just haven't been able to put it together. We saw them upset Purdue, so we saw what they are capable of. I just don't know what we're going to get today. I do like this Michigan State team. I think they are very good defensively. Um, I think 10 is a very big number here, but like I said, I really don't know what to expect from the Buckeyes. I wish I was. We're in the we're in the, the 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 no man's land on this game. I wish I was having to lay less, or I wish I was getting twelve. Agreed. If we're getting twelve, we take it with the Buckeyes. For laying eight, I think it would be a lay with Michigan State. So perfect no man's land uh, there on the ten. And now, and by the way, scoring explosion in Piscataway. They're up to ten points. Scoring explosion. Wow. I know. Shocking. Almost five minutes off the clock though. Hey, look, uh, tick tick tick. Right. Uh, you, did you have anything on UAB and Tulane? Tulane's a two-point favorite. Totals one sixty-one and a half. As our friends from the three-man, we've said you don't make you don't make money betting unders on Tulane games. And that that was the lean here, Jeff. I I liked the over. UAB just kind of threw me off from that one. But I don't know. Um, their possession time is actually pretty. Um, yeah, it's pretty average. One thirty-ninth in the country. Seventeen seconds 
her possession time there. But and then it's Tulane. So I think that is what's kind of thrown off their totals because they haven't been a huge over team like we thought. The market has adjusted clearly. Um, 15.4 possession time offensively, but then 17.4 defensively. So I decided to stay off of this one. Both of them have a little bit of a trend. UAB 15 and 10 to the over on the year and Tulane 14 and 10. Just once you get to those 161s, you know, it's, it's a little tough. So I decided to go with, um, that other over that we were talking about earlier. One last one to get to in college hoops. Marquette. Big favorites today against Xavier, 11 and a half, total 159. I, so Marquette, we've talked about, I've talked about how what I think of Marquette. I think Marquette is a very good team that's gotten overrated this year. I don't think they're the quality of a two seed like a lot of these bracketologists have them on. But in a matchup like this where Xavier, I think they're overrated as well. Uh, they're, Pretty average to be. They've lost three straight. They haven't really have not played well in any of those games other than that Creighton game where Creighton just better team won out. Total's the only way I'd look here. I'd only look potentially at an over 159 and a half, but I think we'll stay out of this uh, just because of the potential of turnovers in this game kind of scare me, at least on the Xavier side, turning the ball. So that is funny. This one I was looking to go over as well. Xavier 15 and 11 to the over, 10 and 5 to the over in conference play. But then Marquette, so they actually do push the ball up pretty quick, 14.9 seconds. But on the defensive side, they are so good. They're a top 10 defense in the country and opponents' possession time 19.1. So that kind of kept me off of that one as well, Jeff. They're 10 and 16, sorry, 16 and 10 to the under. So favoring that under here. But that was definitely the direction I was looking. I made this number about 164 and a half. Like, I think there's a little value. I'm just going to stay off of it as well. Yeah, that's pretty much the day in college hoops. Looking at tomorrow, just real quick, on the college hoops end, as we've reached the final Monday of February. By the way, uh, we know is, is Frank uh, on Punchlines doing anything special for Leap Day? And do we have anything special there? It is the 100th episode. So that's one special thing that would have happened regardless no, of the that, day. Because that's 101. No, 101 is Friday. 101 is Friday. Because that's when he's dressing up as yes. a Dalmatian. Yes, okay. Yeah. So the 100th is 100th the day episode before. Is a, that's, you know what? That's pretty perfect in all honesty. <laughs> the 100th episode of Punchlines comes on a day that only exists every four years. It's pretty perfect in all honesty. Uh, on Monday, just real quick, on the college hoops end, the only there's only two games that are even of any well three games I should say of interest to me. Curious to see where Drexel and Delaware comes. Would probably look to take the home home team Blue Hens in that one if it comes right. North Carolina against Miami. If Miami comes to a big dog in that one, probably look to take the Canes. Uh, and Baylor and TCU will be an awesome game where Baylor, of course, coming out that gut punch, getting the game to overtime yes. and then falling short. And TCU was great yesterday they look like themselves in a convincing win against cincinnati uh by the way good results for me yesterday in my heads up with jim root byu not only loses to kansas state but everyone else i needed to win won, and byu is actually eighth right wow. now so i have a slot to play with all of a sudden yes you do which is good uh, on that in oklahoma by the way in that bedlam game did you end up betting oklahoma i did okay so that was that was a uh, that was a, that was a, that was some work 
for you, but you got there in the end. Yes. And that 84-82 win in the final Bedlam in Stillwater for some time. Uh, an overtime winner for OU. And now in action, that is the final Bedlam for some time, unless if they meet in Kansas City uh, in a few weeks. There's the standings right now uh, entering the week. Uh, entering the week, uh, Houston, still a game clear. Iowa State really messed around with West Virginia yesterday. Yes, they did. Uh, the very easy cover. Really never in doubt at the 18. There was only one moment where Iowa State pushed it to 14, and I'm like, oh, no, are they really, are we really going to do this here? And then West Virginia got it right back to six. And I was like, okay, we're we're okay. And that Can- one stayed under. So we were both, that was yeah, a good, we good one there. for us. Kansas annihilated Texas, which uh, I was one of those. I ended up can- I ended up putting Kansas in a money line parlay. So we ended up winning that money line parlay bet that was in it. But close seven. Should have just stuck to my guns yes, on that Yes, you should have. easy, easy. Yeah, uh, that, I was on the wrong side of that one. Yeah, the uh, Houston again, very impressive. The, the one thing that I will say with Houston, is, and this is the, just for the tournament, not for the regular season, or great regular season team as we know, offensively speaking, it does scare me a little bit what happened in the second half. Agreed. Where they're still getting good looks, but they're just not hitting. First half, they made everything. That's why that game got out of hand early. Uh, but that is the one concern we've seen in the tournament. We saw last year where Miami shut them down, beat them up in the second half, and won that game with ease. A uh, team that they had no business losing to a year ago in Kansas City. On the flip side, what do you make of Baylor with that Baylor, impressive comeback? Baylor's what I thought they'd been the whole year. They're very talented. They, they had no idea what they were looking at when they had the ball in the first half because Houston defense confused them. But uh, they're a good team. I mean, look, that that top six – in the Big 12, is, is is the best top six in the country. And all those teams, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, and I will throw BYU in there as well, even though I don't think they're quite as good as those teams. All those teams will be, are very much capable of making the second week. Very much capable. How will you go about betting this Big 12? Tournament? Tournament. Oh, game-by-game game basis. We don't okay. think futures in that. Unless... The only future that I would take is if Kansas is mispriced in a positive way for me. Okay. If Kansas is mispriced, because that is, look, it, I've been to that, that tournament in the past. That is a great week in Kansas City. That is an underratedly great basketball city because there's no NBA team, so people don't think about it at the top, but it's as good of a college basketball city as there is in the whole country. Iowa State and Kansas fans will be there all week and they will be loud. It feels like a Kansas game when they're not playing Iowa, a Kansas home game when they're not playing Iowa State, and it feels like an Iowa State home game when they're not playing Kansas. So those two teams, Lawrence is only 40 minutes away. I, Ames is not a far drive. They'll have home court. That like, I'll actually give, a, with the right matchup, I'll give more than, a, 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 give a point for home court, okay. even though it's not a home court for both, for both those, those teams, teams. Uh, in, in Kansas City. Um, be interesting because like be like Houston first time up there. Maybe their fans travel a little bit right. more than normal. Will be interesting. The second weekend for Houston's going to be in Dallas, so that's a pretty easy travel. Uh, this go around, you don't have to get on a plane. BYU first time there. Who knows? Maybe their fans will travel to Kansas City get the experience for the first time. We'll see. Maybe yeah. a little bit different this year. And I can't besmirch the K State fans because again, with them with the right matchup as well, they'll show up as well uh, there in Kansas City. All right. Let's go to hockey. Small, uh, Sunday, obviously the big cards are always on Saturday. Even though there are seven games today in the NHL, Tampa, New Jersey's up first, but we're not going there. We're going to the Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Penguins, Flyers, <laughs> Keystone Battle. Alex, what are you looking at here? Total six 
Uh, Penguins, about $1.65 on this one. I like the under in this game. I think six is a little bit higher, getting some value. I know we have a backup goalie, Cal Peterson, in for Philadelphia because eight teams are playing on back-to-back, Jeff. Eight teams played yesterday, and uh, Philadelphia is one of those teams. But this is a team that is 32-24 and 24 to the under this year, 17-11 and 11 to the under on the road. Cal Peterson, he's only had four starts. He's gone 3-0. and oh to the under in those games. So I think his team will be ready. His defenders will be there with him. And then we've got uh, Jari on the other side, who's had a very up and down year, but still 23 and 11 to the under for him and 12 and five to the under at home. So six, I think you're getting value. I think we could have seen some five and a halves, but I think with Cal Peterson being in net for the Flyers, that's why we're getting a little value here. So I like the under in this one. Under six. In this one for Alex, Battle of the Keystone State. Anything, anything else at all pops the uh, the storyline one today. That's right. Patrick Kane makes his return to Chicago as a member of the Detroit Red Wings. Boy, what a weird sentence that is. Uh, even though he's been out of the out of Chicago for about a year now, uh, you, I, I'll just ask you this: You've been high on Detroit. You've I even have mentioned. To me, like, oh, I don't know if like, I have them right. Like, the market still seems to disagree. Detroit, by the way, before you could even blink yesterday, was up 3 nothing on St. Louis and in, in route to a route of of the Blues. Are, are the Red Wings that one team in hockey that you just look at and be like, all right, you know what? If they make the Eastern Conference playoffs, which right now, at the moment, the Detroit Red Wings are the top wild card in the Eastern Conference and they have a nice six-point lead on New Jersey to hold on to one of those wild-card slots in the East. Uh, are you? Are, is that one of those to be like, all right, you know what? Maybe even they, maybe even against Boston, maybe take a little piece of a, of a bloated series price on the Detroit Red Wings. Well, we know how Boston is in the postseason, so ah, I guess we, you would have is. to. But I don't know, <laughs> Jeff. That's really hard. I have... The Eastern Conference rated very high in general with those top teams, um, Carolina, Florida, Boston, of course, and the Rangers. So it would be tough for any team to sneak in there. But we know how the playoffs are for hockey. It's all about whose goalie is playing best and which team is clicking at that point of the season. So I don't we'll have to see if that price is right with Detroit. But you're right. I do like that team. I do think that they could definitely um, win a series or two. Well, all I can tell you is the Western Conference is heading towards going through Canada because Vancouver very easily could win the President's Trophy. And Winnipeg somehow has four games in hand on Dallas and is only three points behind them. So the Western Conference could very easily be going through Canada here uh, with Winnipeg and Vancouver seemingly poised to win their divisions right now. Both those teams, I feel like, have been the most consistent in the Western Conference. Dallas, Colorado, and Vegas, we've seen all three of those really go up and down throughout the season. The problem is those three know how to turn it on when it comes to playoff time. So we'll see. It should be very interesting. But, um, yeah, I do you hear people say it a lot? They want to see a... They want to see a Canadian team win. <laughs> I don't really care either way, unless <laughs> if I happen to have a bet. The problem is, I, I, I didn't do... I haven't done it this year because I don't think they're good enough. But the last few years, I and of course, I naturally said this as they're scorching red hot, but I've had a ticket on the Maple Leafs the last few years. And of course, we know some nonsense is 
knocked them out of the playoffs over the last few years because that's what the Maple Leafs do, lose in the most ridiculous fashion humanly possible. They got through the first round last year, so maybe this is the year where they can keep going, right? That was their big obstacle. That yeah, and then they get one. smashed by Florida. That's I right. Mean, yes, they did. I mean, it was like, oh, all right, they finally win the playoff series. Nope, the eight seed clocks them uh, in that uh, in that following round. Uh, even though I even though I had a I did not have any Vegas tickets, but by the time that I, I probably one of the bigger butcher jobs ever by me. By the time that the playoffs came around, Vegas was still 10 to 1 to win it last year. Yeah. Remember, because everyone was like, oh, they were an aberration in the regular season. Don't trust the goaltending in the postseason. And of course, they get go on a run and win the cup. Uh, but like you said, that's what it comes down yeah. to. That if you get the hot goalie, we've seen it. We've seen teams that aren't particularly good get to the cup final, at least. Uh, and of course, again, dating back to Jonathan Quick's run in 2012, where the eight seeded Kings had the most dominant playoff run basically ever. <laughs> in route to a Stanley Cup championship. And really, that's what could make the Rangers so dangerous, right? Having Shesterkin and Jonathan Quick as their backup, I think uh, they if both of them get hot at the right time, that Rangers team is really dangerous. Speaking of, that's the storyline I thought yeah, you were going to say. Rangers are um, 110 straight now going well, into well, their that's game a good today. Story. That's a good storyline, too. I mean, from <laughs> a winning perspective. I mean, they're playing Columbus, who's awful. So, uh, on the road in... Columbus today, minus 175 on the blue shirts today to extend that win streak to 11 games. Again, I, I, I made my point on, on the Rangers. It, it pains me to say it. I think they are the right now the team that if you made me pick today, who's hoisting the cup, it's them. That that would be my pick. And right now it would be the Rangers taking on the Colorado Avalanche. They get it together in the postseason but fall short against the Rangers at the moment. Very interesting. Yeah, that's what That's what I have right now. Again, talk to me in two months when uh See, squarely like, in the playoffs. Like you said with Toronto, the last couple of years I've had a, a good Rangers ticket usually by this point. But I have no hockey futures yet, so we may have to dive into this a little more. But we have a guest next weekend. Lou Finicaro will be with us. That is going to help us do this, yes. Yeah, Lou Finicaro will be with us. He'll also probably get your, uh, get your gloves on. Ready to talk some UFC as well uh, next week with uh, Lou Finicaro. will be in studio Friday or Saturday. We're still working that out. I'll be in studio at least one of those two days uh, in next week on that front. All right, to the NBA before we get out of here today. The Bucks, hey, they won their last time out. They went to Minnesota, really took it to the Timberwolves. Uh, that and uh, you see A-Rod spray tan? Yeah. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was, uh, that was, uh, He fell asleep in the sun. Okay, vacation. sure. Likely story. <laughs> um, the, um, the Bucks take on the Sixers today. Four and a half right now behind us, Alex. 234 here, of course. We know Joel Embiid still out. Probably won't see him the rest of the regular season. Or Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Tyrese Maxey playing with an all-star level. Was an all-star for the first time. I'm not touching this as usual with these NBA games. But I'm, I'm curious to see where, with the Bucks where he had the time off. There was the whole narrative. There, there was the whole story during, during the all-star. Doc Rivers just getting smashed on basically the whole time. They're three and seven going into the all-star break with them as their coach. Now four and seven after the win on Friday night. I just want to see this team turn the corner again. I want to see them get back to being at a level where it's like, all right, they are capable of beating the Boston Celtics in the best of seven. At the moment, I don't see that. But again, when you have Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo, anything's important. Yeah, I wouldn't touch the side here, Jeff, but I'm, I may take a little bit on the under because 
Milwaukee's really been focusing defensively in their last games. We've seen this. They're 16-11 and 11 to the under on the road. 5-0 and 0 straight unders their last five games with Doc Rivers as their coach. And then Philly without Embiid. We've seen this. Their scoring go down as well. They are 4-1 and one to the under in their last five games. So that's the way I would look at this. Um, it's really, it's tough to lay points in the NBA on the road, right? So you've, uh, I don't know. It's the side, stay away from me. But I would like to see them turn it around as well with those two. The other intriguing games in the NBA, Lakers against the Suns, still awaiting injury reports on the Lakers side. Based off the numbers, looks like they will be have LeBron NAD. Suns at four, 41. Again, two teams that have underachieved to me, obviously, this season. Lakers win the in-season tournament, have not been the same team since then. The Suns, Suns are in the eighth seed right now. In the eighth. I, you, you imagine you have a play in a Western Conference where there's a legitimate scenario where you end up with Phoenix, the Lakers, and the Warriors all in that play-in scenario. And wouldn't it be crazy if Dallas joins them as well? All that star power in the one in the seven through ten seeds in the West, and more than in play at this point, Alex. It's really a testament to um, the Western Conference. I mean, they are very good, and of course, we have the Nuggets, the reigning champions over there, and what the Clippers have done this year is pretty incredible. So, yeah, that Western Conference is very tough. I I really don't believe in this Suns team. That's probably one of the last teams I would bet on at it from a future point to make it through the West. So nothing for me in this particular game either without uh, knowing the news of LeBron, but AD has been playing very well for them. And then the last one we'll, uh, we'll hit on here. It's uh, the, the Mavs, seven straight wins on the road in Indianapolis, taking on the Pacers, who the Pacers have fallen out of the top six seed at the moment in the East, which, by the way, the Orlando Magic, who... There are some bets in, during the at the beginning of the year that I'm like, oh, I'll always make them, and I forget to do them because it's the middle of the NFL season. Carolina the Magic are right now leading the Southeast Division. Now, again, not quite the prices that were available right. last year. People expected a leap from Orlando this year, but currently leading the division in the six-hole in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Indiana, though, right now, one-point favorites in this one with a total of 252. I will say this with Indiana. Now, we've talked about this with the in-season tournament. Different format. Very different to play a one-and-done scenario as opposed to play, having to play a best-of-seven against teams that are better than you, which Indiana will more likely than not have to do at least twice yes. in the Eastern Conference and probably all three series. But if you're the Pacers here, again, not for today, this is just a macro thing, you do kind of have it set up where Boston, Boston does what Boston does in the postseason and doesn't take advantage of open runs. They match up great with Milwaukee. Crazier things have happened in this league, including what happened last year with that ridiculous Heat team getting to the final. That is true, and they do match up very well against the Bucks for whatever reason here. But I'm still pretty confident in Boston, and I know it's crazy because you're right. We have seen it year in and year out with them in the postseason. But this team has been very consistent all year long, and um, I think it's Tatum's year. We'll see. Celtics at 45 and 12. Eight straight wins. They handled the Knicks and MSG last night. They're even money to win the East behind us right now. No shock whatsoever on that pricing. Milwaukee still sitting at plus 250. You can get better prices on the Bucks 
if you shop around in the Eastern Conference right now, it's still weird seeing the Knicks as the third favorite in the East. It but is. That's right. That's right. At this point, with yes. the unknown status of when Joel Embiid, if he will even return this season at all, that is the one interesting one. If you think Embiid's going to return, you could take a dart on the Sixers, but I think I'd like want about twenty-five to one if I'm yeah, going to be taking agreed. a dart uh, at that point on Philadelphia. Uh, again, East. Top eight teams, legitimate playoff teams, nine and ten in Chicago and Atlanta. Atlanta is eight games under five hundred right now, and would still be in the play-in scenario because the Nets and and the Raptors have both been monster disappointments uh, so far this year. And then, of course, uh, the Pistons and the Wizards have combined for seventeen wins between the two of them at the bottom of the East. Very, very impressive season for those two teams. Uh, even though the uh, the Pistons have have almost caught the Wizards as, that- as wild uh, as that is on the Eastern Conference side. All right, before we get out of here today, just want to bring up some programming notes real quick. Um, you, I'm with you the next three days. Yes. Uh, uh, Matt Never traveling with UNLV uh, on the road. So shout out to our guy, Matt, who you'll see again next, a week from today. He'll be hosting uh, on Sunday uh, where, of course, we have a home game for the 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 uh, race up at Las Vegas Speedway. Yes. Uh, next Sunday, Pennzoil four hundred, right, Ann? Yeah, there we go. See, I got I got it right. Uh, the South, the uh, the one sponsored by us here at the South Point comes in the playoffs in the fall. But Pennzoil four hundred up at Las Vegas Speedway Motor Speedway next Sunday. We may or may not have someone up there. Yes. And we'll uh, be on that. Also next weekend, uh, uh, Barry Old Barry Odom, uh, Steve Stallworth, who came on with Frank. Uh, a week ago, reminded us of and promoting uh, that uh, Barry Odom will be riding a bull upstairs at the South Point Arena next Saturday. Uh, we will. Uh, we hope to talk to Barry beforehand, right? Or after? We don't know yet. We hope to talk to Barry at some point around that. Uh, and uh, what time is that on Saturday? Six o'clock, right, Ann? Yeah, it's, I, I, we'll we'll double check that. I believe it. Yeah, I believe the doors open at six and the, and the event at seven. I think that's what it is upstairs at the arena. Tickets still available. Uh, going to a great cause as well uh, upstairs. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We will have some fun yes. uh, this upcoming weekend. And, of course, throughout the month of March, uh, I am concerned about Frank's ability to handle all those games that are coming in that week at a conference tournament. Because <laughs> if we think these Saturdays are crazy, are you in for a different different animal on those conference tournament weeks, Alex? You know it, I know it. Uh, but those those conference tournament weeks, especially by Thursday, where all the conferences are going, oh, boy, wow. From 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 dawn until dusk. That's right. We get going on college hoops. Alex, good work as always. I'll see you tomorrow. Yes. Uh, on the show. Tomorrow. Good work uh, from the crew as always. Caden, Sean, and great work there. I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again tomorrow, three o'clock Pacific time on Sports by the Book. And also, since there is a NASCAR race coming in a few hours in Atlanta today, if you want your last minute NASCAR picks, tips for betting the race today, stay on this channel. Go click down. Gone Racing, recorded earlier in this week. Brennan Gone, Jeff Motley, the best NASCAR handicapping show there is. Available right now. Go click it down uh, in the uh, in the videos uh, portion of our page. Available now. Brennan Gone and Jeff Motley's preview of the race in Atlanta coming in two and a half hours. We'll see you tomorrow. Alex and I, 3 o'clock. Sports by the book.